Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm, I'm so good. Yeah? Yeah, so good. Tell. You look so good. I've had... I've already had a white claw. Yeah, because we had some technical difficulties. So we did have some technical difficulties. It was actually not technical difficulties. It was hardware difficulties. Hardware difficulties, which uh, we don't usually have hardware difficulties. Rarely. Rarely. Anymore. I mean, anymore. Yeah, yeah. This The 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 machine is pretty uh, inclusive at this point. And we're yeah. dialed in. We, we, we've got our process. We could, we could probably do this in like 64 minutes. Like start to finish, show up, record, and bounce in 64 minutes. But we spend a lot of time not recording. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, I figured out, so getting the settings in the box right um, helps a lot. I believe uh, that. Having good having good microphones helps. But at this point, if we it's were... having a good co-host. It's having a good co-host. If we were on, I could go... I wouldn't even need to do any editing. If we were confident that there was no um, material that really needed to get pulled, yeah, which I'm responsible for, sometimes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, do, I, mean, I do some things. Th- there's things sometimes we say where it's like, shouldn't have said that. We should probably pull that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, short of that, I, it's pretty easy to go straight from recording to upload at this point. You know, which was unthinkable when we started. God. And and I think when we started, we were editing a lot of ums and uhs and gaps, and um, we were trying to sound a lot more refined than we actually are. I think people see us for what we are now. Yeah, piece of cake, piece of cake. So, but yeah, a uh, little bit of little bit of hardware difficulties. Uh, we did have. Uh, this is kind of a big week. For the podcast and website, not that anybody will know. Oh yeah, because it everything has been seamless. seamless. Uh, but we we migrated. Well, some people know. At least one person least. knows. <laughs> At least one person knows. Uh, we migrated our podcasting podcast host from SoundCloud to Podbean. Um, which there's a whole bunch of reasons for doing that. None of them particularly important, but. Uh, happy to announce that as far as I can tell, that was totally seamless. Um, the the I guess the downside is if you were one of those folks that listened on SoundCloud, and really it was it was just one of you, mm-hmm. Mike. Um, but there was some you know some folks listen to some of the episodes on SoundCloud some of the time, uh, so that will be disappointing for some people. But it, it did make sense for us, so we we've switched servers we switched hosts for the podcast but also we switched um i don't know servers we switched providers uh, i don't know yeah what do you call that the the hosts. website the watch yeah. clicker so we'll moved our website over as well which is a, a lot more of a to-do than moving the podcast you know podcast software is so good these days that everybody provides you all the options you need it's all rss feed anyway anyway that one easy. The webcast, the the website was a little harder, uh, but that's done too. And in doing that, we had to output a whole bunch of money for for hosting. So I think this was the biggest single week. That's not true. That's not true. We that's had, a big week. Yeah, it, it, we we had one week bigger. But in terms of expenses, we had a very big expense week. But the nice thing is this time around, we had uh, Patreon funds and. We cashed out our Patreon funds for the first time, and we were able to pay for all of our hosting for the next year. 
with Patreon funds. So if you are a patron, thank you. From the bottom of our hearts. And the bottom of our wives' hearts. Yes. It was really, really incredible. You know, we've never cashed out any of the monies from Patreon because I thought we're going to need it to to pay for hosting. Andrew's going to break a fucking microphone. Right. (laughs) Uh, But it was just really nice to get in there and be like, yeah, we've got enough cash to do this. Let's do it. So um, on that note, on that note, we're going to announce well in advance. And the reason we're going to announce in advance is because we want to give you guys some time here. We're going to do a giveaway probably a set of giveaways, but at least one to start mm-hmm. by way of the Patreon to yeah. thank you folks who were willing to say, hey, I'm willing to give a buck a month, two bucks a month, three or four or even five in a couple of instances a month to help support this thing. Uh, we we want to give it back to you. So with the amount of patrons we have, it's like a 5% chance, I think, that it's any, good odds. Any single giveaway you could win. We are going to give away uh, an Aviate watch. Mm-hmm. We're going to give away the Aviate, Aviate Lafayette Flyboy Chronograph that, that Andrew reviewed a few weeks back mm-hmm. for the website. And Everett's Speedmaster Pro. <laughs> we, that, that is not true. Oh. <laughs> I was just trying to sweeten the pot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we say that not because you have to be a patron to listen and you don't have to be a patron to be part of the 40 and 20 watch clicker fam or the general giveaway environment but we did want to do something special for you folks that do help support this show because it was for the first time it was this tangible uh feeling of man these folks are actually making this happen so um we're gonna do that giveaway i think we're probably a week out if you're listening to this on thursday we're a week out from actually announcing that so next week's episode we'll do the official announcement on that you're you've already done everything you needed to do uh but what this is going to do is this is going to give you a week to sort of get in there and um figure out how it works figure out how it works and, and maybe we'll do something maybe we'll do something silly for the giveaway like you have to uh, i don't know we, we, we'll talk about it some more but if you if you do want to get in on that giveaway um become a patron consider it right uh, a buck a month if 20 of you gave a buck a month that would be a tremendous windfall for the for the podcast uh and the website right so we were sort of talking about priorities and what we might do if we get like the next tier of sort of support. And I mean that not in any technical sense, but unofficial tiers. And um, I don't know, we'd have to figure out a way to make it valuable for, for you guys at home. Um, but uh, at some point, if it's something you think you might like to support, uh, we just love you for it. So, uh, and for those of you who already support, thank you so much, really from the bottom of our hearts is felt really nice to know that enough people support this thing to actually keep it going. Yeah. To keep it going. I mean, at least financially at this point, the the support you're providing is enough for us to pay for hosting year in, year out. That's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. So thank you guys for that. Thank you. That's all I got. Uh, we got a couple of new things on the website this week. Oh yeah. Since the last time you listened, the Tudor Black Bay 58 Blue has made its review debut. Will wrote a really terrific review about it, and it's not just a watch that's blue. We, we all said that. All three of us <laughs> said that. It's a blue watch. That is all. 
it's pretty freaking terrific. And when, when you get in there and make sure that you zoom in on Will's macro photos of the dial and you'll see exactly what he's talking about with the extra blue dots. And it, it seems random, but they definitely are not random. I bet if you were to look at any two dials, they're exactly in the same placement, but they're a little bit deeper blue hue across that dial. And that's what gives it that really that varying color mm-hmm. based on the, on the angle you're looking at the light on and it deepens it without making it a Navy blue. It's very denim It's a great review. Also a very cool dial worth reading and also up this week, uh, the announcement of our interview with Michael happy, which was a terrific episode. He was a blast to have on. He was a very worth the wait, uh, but also the retrous dive watch has got a review on. Yeah. That I, went up today, right? I haven't read that yet. But Mike, I want to. Mike Scott watches yeah. Mike Razak, our, our, I guess, senior writer is what we're calling him. I don't uh, know. He, he writes for the Time Bomb and, and a couple of other publications. He's just a fantastic writer, great watch reviewer. Uh, he put that retro style watch up today. That watch is really uh, kind of compelling. Uh, it's a watch I'd never heard of. And aesthetically, I really, I, I, I'm picking up when it's putting down. I'm smelling what it's stepping in. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking it too. I'm one. I want some more of it. I wish he'd send us all of his review pieces also. I know Will doesn't. I wish we just we could just have like a revolving door of review pieces that I wouldn't be responsible for writing reviews about because I'm not good with deadlines. I'm very lazy. Yep. Same. Uh, same. I thought you were just acknowledging that I am very lazy. <laughs> well, you um, are. You are. But same. Yeah. Same. I, I, um, I, uh, but just like a no accountability, just send it to me. Kind of like in the early days when people would just send us a watch and be like, this thing's fucking awesome. And we'd wear it and then send it back eventually and... You know, that would be the nice thing to having like an office, right? For, to, to the extent this was ever uh, a business, which, uh, you know. Uh, it is. We just, we're, we're monetized. We just. We're monetized. Yeah. yeah. To the extent this was ever like a hodinky type publication with an office, that would be uh, my favorite part of that is one, the community, seeing people and, and two, sharing, sharing watches, right? Having an opportunity to say, oh, that's your new watch. Let me see that, right? Uh, that's the one thing, you know, we're fairly isolated here in Eugene, we don't really have a Red Bar group. Got to go up to Portland for that. There's Red Bar PDX, which is a fantastic group of folks. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're a little isolated. So that's the one thing I feel like I miss out on sometimes is just that community. I see, oh, this is Will, our our partner, has this watch, and there's just no way to see it. No. He sends us really good pictures, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he sends the whole world really good pictures. He texts us then, though. That's true. <laughs> we get we get sneak peeks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, gosh, 11 minutes. We should probably consider talking about, I guess we're kind of talking about watches. We've been talking about watches this whole time. We didn't get off topic at all. You know what we should do one of these days is have a topic, like a really like deep topic, and then just not do it at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like title the episode, have it all worked out, and then just not do it. Be like, well, we ran out of time, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you look skeptical of this plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have something worth editing. I'm just saying that would how we that's how we could yield twenty five thousand listens a week. We'll have to do it. We'll have to do it the first episode next year, the first episode after paying for hosting. So when all of our patrons mm. go away, we'll have, we'll at least have another year to gain them back. Or as an April Fool's joke. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. We'll publish an episode on April Fools and it'll just be us drinking beer and <laughs> Maybe talking about watches. Just I don't know, like our normal hangout sesh. ASMR, yeah. ball scratching in the microphone. Yeah. that's. I mean, that happens anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're, we're, we're 
talking about watches. We are. And I think we're kind of going back to some OG episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But we're taking it up a notch. Today, we're to talking. 11. We're all the way. We're tegumenting this motherfucker. Have you, have you seen that Hulu commercial with DJ Khaled being the motivational coach? No, but he would be a fantastic motivational coach. So it's coach. this guy brushing his teeth. It's an insurance commercial. He's brushing his teeth. And he's like, it'd be like having DJ Khaled as your motivational coach. And he goes, little circles, Devin. Another one. Another one. Put in that work. And then he just like struts off. It's a very good commercial. My wife quotes it endlessly. Put in that work, Andrew. (laughs) And her DJ Khaled voice is as bad as mine. Yeah, yours is not great. Uh, So anyway, we're going back a little bit, but we're going to do something a little out of the box. I wanted to do some refined tool watches today. For those of you who work in an environment that a G-Shock is appropriate, but you don't like wearing a G-Shock all the time, mm-hmm. or an Iron Man, or take your pick of indestructibles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to take these watches, take, just take it up a little bit. So that's what we're doing. We're doing some refined tool watches today. I, we didn't score anything today. I did. Right? You did. Oh, you did. I, I scored mine. I forgot my scorebook. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, so one of them scored surprisingly well, and I know I've scored this watch before. After having had it in the metal, it scored a lot better. I think the U fifty would be uh, sneak sneak peek. I, I think the U fifty would be an ass kicker in this. However, we I didn't really score, and that's not really the point, right? These aren't the best tool watches. These are just six watches that we haven't really talked about on the show before that we thought might be fun to talk about. Uh, certainly, there are eight billion watches in the market right now that do very similar things as the watches we're going to it talk was, about. It was hard to pick watches today because yeah. there's a lot of choices out there. There's there's a lot. So I, I know I, I looked at your options. I looked at my options. I think generally we had the same, like, this is kind of cool and neat and something that uh, is it, just different. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Uh, which it was also nice to sort of take the, uh, take the constraints of my everyday style choices off too, right? Yeah, to look at, like, what could I wear? And bang on. If I just wanted to have something cool. Just something to be cool and tell time. So, uh, okay. So, 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 so talk me through it. Talk okay. me through your thought process. So, so my, my thinking for a tool watch, refined tool watch, is this is going to be a watch that's going to have to look okay. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you are, are not just uh, swinging a hammer every day. Maybe now you're talking to accounts, but you're still swinging a hammer a good chunk of time. You need a watch that you're going to be able to swing a hammer in, you're going to be able to mow the line. You're going to be able to, to work in so it's going to have to be durable right whether it's a and one of the like i didn't choose a trasca even though trasca was one of the first watches that came to mind with their scratch resistant or scratch proof coating mm. um but a dlc coating something that's gonna it, if it does get worn it's gonna look really good as it gets worn something legible uh, but i wanted to shy away from digital something a little bit heftier and something comfortable mm-hmm the size, I, I pulled all size requirements off because this is a tool watch. You can get some big-ass tool watches, and you're not really going to be able to find them in the sub-40 millimeter zone, mm-hmm. but this isn't, that's not what that watch is for. It's not just a, a normal wearing, comfortable, tell-the-time watch. It's a watch that's going to have to take some abuse. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the limits that I placed on it. Legibility, little bit of refinement. doesn't have to be a sport watch, but got to be a little bit refined, durable, okay, and legible. I took a I took a multi tiered approach. I I, I actually multi tiered is maybe the wrong. I, I went for three different styles. I wanted mm-hmm. to pick three different styles. So uh, s- same basic approach, right? I wanted something cool. 
Mm-hmm. I wanted something sexy, which I guess cool, sexy, you know. Can be. I'm cool, not sexy. You're, no, you're sexy, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I wanted something that was interesting. Um, I wanted something that, above all, would be tough, tough as nails, mm-hmm. uh, have a certain level of fitness for durability needs, right? Yeah. Um, I, I sort of took my affordable hat off today for at least a few of my choices. All of my choices are pretty expensive for my picks. Um, I think my cheapest is about a thousand and um, it goes up to about three grand on the high end, depending on options. It so balls out. Um, these are expensive watches, right? The, uh, and I think you you sort of filled in the the more affordable. Yeah, I, t- I tiered us up to about a thousand. Yeah. So, um, but really interesting, tough as nails, and that's it, it right? It also has to be cool, but like also, not not cool in like it looks cool, but it's got to be kind of like orologically cool, orologically cool, right? And so I I went I chose three very different watches. One of my watches is modern and neat and gadgety and interesting in that way. One of my watches is historically significant, also tough as nails and interesting. And one of my watches is, I think, just maybe the best tool watch on the face of the earth. Hmm. All purpose, best tool watch on the face of the earth. So with that... We said no G-Shocks. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, uh, do you want to lead us uh, off here? I'll open us up, and I, and I will start us out with our our least expensive option, and we're we're not gonna gonna glaze over it. Uh oh, your Wi-Fi is not working. There it is. <laughs> uh, is we're not gonna glaze over it, but it's a watch we've talked about. I went with the Gavic Gavox Squadron. Never heard of that company. Black PVD. Gavox. Yeah. Hmm. Four hundred twenty-one money and eighty-two cents. Because they're euros, so it has it, the dollars change it to cents. Um, <laughs> How much is it? Four hundred twenty-one money and eighty-two cents. That's not bad. No, and so I have to say, when I when I first saw this watch, I was a little bit ho hummy about it. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I like it. It'll do. And I wore it for a week, and I dug it because I realized like, I had to get out of my own head of like this. This watch isn't for me. This isn't a purpose-built watch for me for the application that I would wear a watch like this, right? It's just not. I don't wear tool watches generally, even though by profession, I wear a tool watch many of my waking hours. But I wear a cheap G-Shock, and I beat the shit out of it, and I dunk it in bleach. Do you you really? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, But this is for a person who wants, is A, comfortable wearing a little bit larger watch, a little bit busier watch, but needs a purpose- designed tool watch the bracelet on this is lovely yeah super comfortable comfortable it has appropriate heft to size it's a 41 millimeter case so uh yeah 41 millimeter case so for a pilot's chronograph it actually it runs small i think for for a, a by design pilot's watch with chronograph function it's quite thin it's 12 millimeters thick it's got a screw down crown it's got super luminova and it just feels like a tool watch. It doesn't feel bulky and crazy, but it feels like something you can wear and do anything with. And, and you know, for not having much history, Gavox has a fantastic history. Yes. Uh, it's got a super interesting movement, uh, purpose-driven. <clears throat> it's got a Honda movement. A Honda movement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, a mission timer. I, I mean, it's just a fantastic uh, yeah, watch. Yeah, t- all, all around. And... and 
for those of you who did hear Michael Happy last week say a name that sounded like Dick Hot Dog, <laughs> we also heard it. We did not ask him to try to clarify. But just for those of you who who wondered, yes, we heard it too. Dick, Dick Hot Dog. Yeah, I even wrote it on a sheet of paper. With that being said, we do need to move on to our next watch. Do check out Gabox. Check out their entire lineup. Check out the squadron if you're looking for a purpose-built tool watch under that $500 marker because it's it's it fits the bill. My my first watch. Do me. Do. So this is a weird watch, right? This is my this is my kind of modern gadgety maybe gadget bro watch, but this is a company I'm not super familiar with, but they're a very cool company, MTM. Mm-hmm. This is MTM Special Ops Falcon. Falcon. Um, this watch is bizarre. Yeah. But also cool as shit. It's a quartz watch. It's not a small watch. This is a big watch. The most interesting thing about this watch is that it has a literal flashlight on it. Yep. Not a, not great loom. Like, oh, this watch is a flashlight. No, this watch is actually a fucking LED flashlight. So much it's got like so. like bulbs, right? Three, three bulbs. And then it's also got an external flashlight. Yeah. So much so that it's got a second battery that you have to charge separately. So 10-year pow- power reserve on the quartz battery. 10-year power reserve, 10-year battery life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also a lithium-ion battery that charges its bright-as-fuck flashlight for actually doing flashlight things. Um, titanium option. Titanium, yep. DLC, titanium. Uh, and it's just interesting. It's got a, it's got a unidirectional bezel, uh, 60 minute, you know, 60 minute bezel. It's got uh, fantastic finishing. It's got a great sort of cushion case style. Um, you know, there's all sorts of comparisons I can make, but I won't, uh, the aesthetics, the, the design aesthetics, it's got knurling on the bezel, knurling on the crowns. Um, it's got NASA grade carbon on the dial, which I don't, I don't know what the fuck that means, but. Uh, you can just tell this is a 44 millimeter masculine butt kicker uh, butt kicker watch. It's only got 100 meters of water resistance, and, I, and I'm not sure what that's all about. I have a feeling that's got to do with the size they wanted to keep this thing at. Um, I mean, they had to make room for an extra battery and LED bulbs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you forgive that's, some of the size. It's just <laughs> a lot going on there, right? So these come in about a thousand bucks, between six hundred and a thousand bucks, and certainly you could get these uh, less expensive. The, um, the all black titanium DLC is twelve hundred ninety. I just built it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you get there's like three dozen choices you can make as you build out this watch. Right. <laughs> That's right. So. I think it's very interesting, man. I think it's very interesting. It's got a it's got a uh, five point eight ounces uh, in titanium, nine nine point four ounces in steel, which are both super respectable. Yeah, uh, super respectable weights. It's attractive without being um, without being purposely attractive. It's not unattractive for being a chunky watch. I guess is is what I would say about that. Uh, only fourteen millimeters tall. You know, it's got these this great lug connection, these these screws, these X X yeah. key screws. Um, it's just a like no fucking nonsense ass kicker watch. And I thought, gosh, that's really neat. Yeah, I guess if if you don't want to buy twenty sport watches over the course of your lifetime, 
This could be just the one you buy just right off the bat. So my next, we'll we'll go in we'll go in price order here. I have to look. I don't know which one's more. <laughs> you know, I did look at the uh, the titanium Hamilton, but it just it it just didn't. It's still only fifty meters water resistance. Yeah. Like, don't. What the what? Why would you why would you bother with a titanium watch? Don't piss on my back, Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. So my my next choice is the Citizen Pro Master Diver Titanium. Mm-hmm. Three hundred ninety six money at uh, from the Citizen website. So if you can find it at anywhere else, I'm sure you're going to be in the like high two hundreds, low three hundreds for this. You're looking at a forty four millimeter case again. But I think when you're wearing titanium, you can forgive a lot of that size because you're not going to sure. carry the weight that you're going to get with sure. a typical 44 millimeter watch. You're getting 200 meters of water resistance. You're getting that bitchin' eco drive movement, and everything you expect out of a Citizen watch. You're going to get all the usability, all the durability. You're going to get that refinement, but you're going to be able to treat this thing like shit and never worry about it because of that titanium case. Mm-hmm. This is the ProMaster Diver. You all know. You all love it, but it's in titanium. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I dig it, dude. I dig it. You know, I think that the titanium gives it that little bit of extra edge, right? Mm-hmm. It's unapologetically quartz. Not that you have to apologize for being quartz, right? But it's unapologetically quartz with that fantastic EcoDrive technology, which... Never, it never can be said enough how cool that technology is. We all take it for granted because any Fred Meyer or Macy's or uh, Gottschalk's in the country, does Gottschalk still exist? I'm unsure of even what that is. <laughs> you can go get an EcoDrive watch right now for 100 bucks. So we take it for granted. Uh, but that technology is fucking cool. And this watch is great. It It's money. It's everything we want. It's a little big, but it's titanium. So it's not going to, it's going to, feel small because it's not going to weigh anything yeah that's right that's the movement is the heaviest part of that watch and these wear really well for 44 millimeters these these wear really well you know to make sort of a i think in this conversation this critique is a little weird but the crowns are too small on these i'll just concur i'm gonna throw that out there the crowns are too small i agree they're too small it it actually when you put it on a, a small crown i don't know why this is but to me a small crown makes an otherwise good watch feel cheap yeah yeah, no, for, for a watch like this, for, for a Pro Master Diver, I don't need a, an IWC Big Pilot watch, crown, right? That, but, but it I, should be six millimeters. But I need a, I need a, a crown that I can act, like, manipulate in gloves. Yeah. Or with cold fingers. Or at all. Right. <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. That's what she it's, said. It, yeah, she does say that. But it's like, it's like trying to pull the, the crown of your SNK. Yeah. Like, God damn it, I trimmed my nails today. Well, I'm not wearing this. That's oh. right. Pretty, pretty similar pretty similar size to the SNK crown. Yeah. Uh, obviously a little bit more prominent, but not much, especially with the crown guard. So, uh, and I dig this thing in black too. I don't know if they make this in other colors, but I don't know. I think with that gray case, with that sort of dark titanium case, yeah, the black on this is fantastic. Sort of skeletonized hands. Yeah. It's a cool watch, man. 200 meters titanium, come on. Titanium fixes all the all the evils of this watch because there are some evils of this one. Maybe not an evil, but there, there's uh, some things I don't like. There, there's there's a reason sense. I don't have one. Yeah, same. Titanium fixes But in titanium, I'm like, oh, maybe, mm. maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe I should have one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, my second watch. Not, now this is not my number one watch. Okay, right? You feel oh, me? Oh, I, I went in price order. You, well, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go in price order. I mean, kind of, right? These next two watches are both equally expensive. I'm, I'm going to pick a category of watches. And within this category, there's some options. Okay. 
This is more of a category as opposed to a specific watch. I know which one I'd buy, but there are options. But there are options. Okay, so I'm going to pick the Seiko Tuna. The Seiko Tuna. And I want to take a minute if we can. Yeah, we should. To just talk about what the Tuna is. Because the Tuna is a, a watch that was designed for a very specific purpose, uh, which was helium resistance. Uh, in the 60s, saturation diving was a thing people were doing and several people had sort of reached out to watch companies and said we're having this trouble with helium uh with helium absorption on our watches rolex omega and seiko all were kind of concurrently working on this issue with omega and rolex sort of leading the way omega with their ploprof Mm -hmm. i think rolex with their sea dweller is that right sea dweller Yes. I don't care about Rolex, so I do care about Rolex. That's a flippant thing to say, but you know what I mean. I don't know. I don't know the history. Um, Omega went with the Ploprof, which is got um, an incredible ability to resist helium. Uh, I think Rolex went with a uh, with a helium escape valve, which is a mm-hmm. fantastic invention. Really, yeah. a fantastic invention for that purpose. A fantastic invention. Seiko went the direction of Ploprof with a case that was able to withstand helium. And what they did was a monocoque, what I would call a monocoque case, but no case back. And they did so in the form of the tuna. So a shrouded, serious, no shit, 51 millimeter ass kicker watch uh, that had the ability due to its monocoque case to withstand the pressure of helium and not become inundated. So no need for a helium escape valve. Rather, we're just going to keep the helium out in the first place. Mm-hmm. That was the genesis of the tuna. And they, I think in 75, they released a mechanical tuna. And then in 78, they released a, a quartz tuna, which at the time was an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Right? Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quartz movements womp, were womp. expensive and cool and accurate as shit and less, less uh, prone to being shocked or damaged or or otherwise just becoming inaccurate for any of the number of reasons that... oddly enough there's still all those things but they're cheap now right <laughs> and people don't like them for one reason or another well i mean yeah they don't have a they don't have a soul andrew yeah no <laughs> so i picked the psycho tuna no i i i don't think you necessarily need a monocoque thousand millimeter thousand meter thousand millimeters is not enough (laughs) a thousand meter uh tuna however they do make a modern version of the thousand meter tuna they also make a 300 meter version which is more affordable um but you can get into these watches for in the two thousand dollar range brand new and, and probably even a little bit less new um you know the famous sort of golden tuna which is a coating. It's a coating on steel that I, I can't remember what the coating is, and I don't care. Uh, but it wasn't actually gold plating. It's a coating. It's a protective coating on the steel that gives it that gold color. Uh, but then they also have DLC versions. I mean, there's a number. I of, mean, they're almost universally DLC at this point. I don't know if I've ever seen a stainless one in person. I've, they, seen, I've seen DLC ones in person. The the new 300-meter version is stainless. Is, is Well, steel. I know they exist, but I just don't think people typically buy that. Yeah. So I picked that. I think it's. I think it's a great watch. I think it's got a great history. It's not a watch that's meant to be dainty. Mm-mm. I just absolutely not intended to be dainty. Uh, a watch we've talked about on the show. It's been a while, but the Sun, the the Seiko 
uh, S-U-N dive models, a sort mm-hmm. of a modern version of this. There's some iterations. There's some different things you can do. And there's a mini version. That's right. That's right. Uh, you've got lots of options there, but I think in terms of a no-shit tool watch, the shrouding gives it additional shock resistance, protects the case, protects the movement. Uh, I just think, how cool is that? I- I'm not sure there's another, there's a cooler tool watch in that like under two thousand dollar range there might not be i love the appearance of a shrouded case too we've talked about this how hard it would be to start designing case shrouds for just other watches yeah like what it would take it would take a lot so we obviously haven't but (laughs) our next big announcement is that we'll be custom making shrouds for your favorite watch right that's right we need a down payment and we're not going to promise you'll ever get it. We're starting with the Bambino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shrouded Bambinos for days. Yikes. <laughs> That'd be a very Orient thing to do, though, right? Shroud the Bambino. Like, come the fuck on. <laughs> 19 millimeter lugs. Yeah. Andrew, go. Okay. Last up for me. This is one we haven't talked about before. Never. 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 I've looked at it before, but it's always been too big. It, it is because it's too big. Today it fits. Today we have the Orient M Force. 47 millimeters, 47 motherfucker. 47 millimeters of titanium dope looking Orient dive watch. This thing is gargantuan. And I don't know any other better way to say it. It's just huge. It's 47 millimeters wide, 13.6 thick, but it's titanium. So it's going to wear like a very small dinner plate that weighs absolutely nothing. <laughs> How much does it weigh? What, what's the weight on these guys? Oh, I didn't look for a weight. Well, you have failed I'm at imagining being probably, a podcast host. I imagine probably in the 10 ounce. Yeah, probably. Maybe zone. a little bit less than that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less than that. Uh, we've got, so it's, it's rocking an Orient in-house movement. Screw down case back. Scratch resistant sapphire, 200 meters of water resistance, and it just looks cool. This this is exactly what I would hope Orient would do for a no nonsense like get out and get it. Fuck you, watch. Yeah, the the bezel or the the crown has a very strange red stripe yeah, right in the I, center I, of it. I, that's a thing, right? but I, but I, it but for Orient, it's strange. That red stripe on crowns is is a thing, but for Orient, it's strange. This is, I think, the most out there Orient goes with their watches, but it still looks like an Orient. This is, I sure. this could very well be a Ray dial. Yeah, yeah, it looks just like a Ray dial. It it everything else is the same, but it's in this monstrous titanium case, this very unorient like bezel. Great crown guards. The crown is the size that you want. This is a this is a very I think purpose designed dive watch. I wish it had more water resistance for it to be that because it's obviously yeah. not. It's another Orient one factor failure because everything else about it, you're like, oh damn, oh you did it. It's gr- oh well, I right. guess guess you missed it right there. Yeah. I mean, it feels like this could be a 500 meter watch, right? It looks like it ought to be. Yeah. And all the dimensions suggest that it could be, but it's not. Yeah. Like a devil diver, but no, it's not. Now, this is 
four hundred and fifty dollars on Island Watch. Yeah, it calls the list price eight hundred and eighty money, and I can only find it on Island Watch. Uh, and I've seen a couple M Force releases as of late, and that's what what I was like. Oh, I bet they've got a titanium, and they they sure should do have a titanium. But for a perp, for for a tool watch, it's just a little bit of an upgrade. I'm down with this. Yeah, you know, it's got an ISO 6425 yeah. dive watch certification. It's got a 764 anti-magnetic certification, a 1413 shock resistant certification. It's it's a legit it's a legit watch. No matter how you look at but it. But it has 200 meters of water resistance, which is fine for everything, right? But it, it does seem like they could have they could have pushed the the button on that. But why bit. like that's the thing. That's that's how you know it's an orient. It's like cert 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 perfect 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 Oh, damn it. So can we talk real quick about a, a, a honorable mention? Mm-hmm. Just really quick, briefly mention this, because I think this, I'd love to get my hands on one of these at one point. And Steve, if you're listening, I know you're not. But if you are, hit us up, because I think this would be such a fun watch to review. But this is the Raven oh, yeah. Watches Deep Tech. Oh, and God. I almost picked this one, but it didn't fit into my categories the way I wanted it to. And so Anything I, I left it be. But this is an 1100 meter, or excuse me, a 2500, $1,100, 2500 meter water resistant watch that's 42 and a half millimeters. How'd you big, do it? 17 millimeters thick. That's how they did it. Yeah. Um, but it, helium, helium release valve, triple gasket crown, double gasket screw down crease back, uh, fantastic 22 to 18 millimeter taper. This thing is so fucking cool uh it's oh it definitely is a little bit derivative yeah uh to you know whatever pick pick your poison obviously uh but how fucking cool is this watch 2500 meters of water resistant you know what's funny is on the website there's no profile pictures like profiles of the watch right that's because right. <laughs> nobody knows what a 17 millimeter thick watch looks like it is a big boy yeah this is a thick girl so anyway, that's an honorable mention, but I do I do I should move on to what I think is today the the no shit undisputed champion of all tool watches. Yeah, I think you're probably right. This is the Zin Sign 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 U50. Yep. All right, you guys. And and you got some options here. You're going to pay between 2000 and 3000 for these, whatever you pick. But this is a 41 millimeter U1 is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a U1 in uh, everyday watch size. All right? It, I mean... How do we feel about that? We feel pretty good about it. I feel great about it, frankly. 500 meters of water resistant. You can get these full, full tegmented case. You can get them in titanium. You can get it in bead blasted, sub quote-unquote submarine steel. Um, do you think they reclaim it from sunken submarines? They do. That's how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> 74 grams that's 74 fucking grams that's right yeah uh which is just absolutely incredible and the rubber looks so good i could do without the 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 imprint logo or the the imprint name on it but you you gotta rep right yeah sure i think if you're gonna get i think if you're gonna get a fit of rubber strap it's cool to have the it's cool to have the branding on there i could do without it because i'd like to see if it might fit anybody else Either way, this is a 41 millimeter watch that yeah. anybody in the world can wear, yeah. right? They all have tegmented bezels, uh, and it's just, it's 
fucking incredible, right? Yeah. You know, they're not using uh they're not using ISO certification. Instead, they're using um I can't remember DIN certifications and EN certifications. Uh makes sense. Uh, that's right. It's German. Uh Solid SW300, which is just a fantastic 288 300. Um it's kind of just no nonsense. The crown's a little deep for some people. 415 crown so i could also do with crown guards maybe yeah no no crown guards that's right it's kind of kind of very 70s feel there yeah just a a crown hanging out in the wind it's a little prominent i Mm -hmm. i think that they you start to get skx comparisons if they put crown guards which whatever why why would they care but how are you going to compare an skx to something with this water resistance anti-magnetic water resistant anti-shock tegmented steel (sighs) put it in me yeah yeah don't send us one don't <laughs> that's right most people can trust us with anything i i think in terms of you want to know shit cool tool watch right i, I think you, you've you got some choices right you could get the the new nasa x pro speedmaster yeah uh fantastic watches digital very cool uh but in terms of cool factor i think this is the only other one I mean, who, who could wear this? Anybody could wear this. A doctor could wear this. A computer engineer could wear this. Uh, a lawyer could certainly wear this. A cop could wear this. You know, it doesn't matter if you're doing cool shit or not. This is a cool watch, right? Well, mm-hmm. what, what is that? Oh, that's a Zen U50. I think uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin wears a U1. That makes a, sense, though. Yeah. He's appropriately sized. It looks like a U50 on his wrist. Right. <laughs> Uh, Have we talked about? I, so I saw on Instagram. I'm going to interrupt you because this is important. I saw a picture of Kevin Hart and Dwayne the Rock Johnson standing next to each other. Yeah. And then the next frame was Dwayne Johnson and Shaq yes. standing next together. And then the next picture was Shaq and Yao Ming. I've seen this. I've seen this. And I've like Dwayne Johnson's not a small man. No. Yao Ming could pick Dwayne Johnson up and hold him like a child. Yao Ming, especially now, is just a giant. He is a. He, Giant. It was absurd because in my mind, Shaq and Yao Ming were similarly sized. In my memories, remember, when I remember seeing them play together, I don't remember that disparity. Well, I think the thing is when Shaq and Yao Ming were facing off against each other, uh, I mean, first, Yao Ming was the only guy in the NBA that could go toe to toe with Shaq at the time. Yeah. Because uh, it was post Brian Grant era, just for the record. That's <laughs> a Blazer fan right here, homeboy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yao Ming was uh, probably a hundred pounds less than he is. Yes, now. he was. He was a very slender fellow. He's no longer slender. No, but He's, he he makes Shaq look little. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel standing next to like on the low end of tall people, and yeah. I'm not a big guy. Yeah, it was absurd. Right. I wish there was a Yao Ming and Kevin Hart picture together. <laughs> I love that. There's a picture I used to have hanging in my office, but it was uh, it was a picture of Jordan in the high post with Muggsy Bogues on his hips. <laughs> and it's just it's such a great picture. Uh, you, you know, Muggsy Bogues was a fantastic defender, but you, you, you know the the size just can only do there. so much at that height, <laughs> right? You, you know, a full foot, yeah. foot and a few several inches between the two of them, right? Yeah, it's cool. It's, I love that picture. So, yeah. sorry, well, so, yeah. No, we're, we're good. I think that's it. We've talked about all the best watches you ever need to buy. 
this but is going to be our last episode. None of these are, are one watches, though. And I think that's the thing. Is, and, and that's why I wanted to be really deliberate in saying these are refined tool watches. I think... It's taking your tool watch up just... I mean, in some cases, many steps, but up a, up a notch. I think a U50 could be a, a one watch. I disagree. I, I, I think that it's not dressy in any, in any sense of the word. Couldn't fix that. But in the 21st century... I don't see any reason why you couldn't wear a U50 to... There's literally no black tie events that exist in the world today. I mean, in America, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, oh, right? Fair. <laughs> right? You know, you, you look at... I mean, like, what are the black tie events? The Met Gala? I'm not going to a Met Gala, right? There's no black tie. There's nothing that you need... There's nothing that uh, the, the average or even extra average person is doing where they couldn't wear that theoretically it might not be the most tasteful fucking thing okay let's let's get that out of the way i'm not suggesting that it's always going to be a tasteful watch but if you were just going to have a watch yeah and if you're if you're going to drop two grand on it it might it might be the one watch your wife says it's okay to buy yeah go ahead yeah that's what i'm just saying if if i i'm i'm gonna judge you showing up to a wedding wearing a u1 the same way i'm gonna judge you showing up to a wedding wearing a g-shock yeah, I'm going to judge you, too, as a badass motherfucker. Unless, of course, you're wearing a white G-Shock over your jacket. <laughs> and then I'm in. If you do that, we're homies. Heel? Yeah. No. Uh, the, yeah. No. Just be tasteful. That's the, that's the nice thing about affordable watches. We can almost all afford to have a couple. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, so you get you get the, uh, you get the, the U1. And then get a Bambino. Or any of the of the Seiko Five series that come on a bracelet and have a little bit of polish. Boom, you good. Boom. Or buy an old King Seiko. Be cool and have yeah. your King Seiko be your 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 grammar of design. I was looking at those today. King Seiko be your dress watch, and then just wear a U fifty to everything else. I uh, I also looked at Grand Seikos today. Man, I know, dude. Man, I know. <laughs> There's a a snowflake presage that's in the realm of affordable. Baby Grand Seiko. Yeah. Yeah. Baby snowflake. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to do that, though. We talked about my plan. I think so. it's a great plan. I think it's yeah. a great plan. We won't tease you anymore about it, though. Other things. My man, Andrew, what should I not buy? So you you actually, um, since you cheated and chose a family of watches, I'm going ch- to cheat today on my other things. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something I like, something I hate. Okay. I'm going to spend more time with the thing that I hate. Yeah, that's reasonable. The thing that I like, and the thing that if you haven't yet consumed you must the last dance is on netflix and it is so good it is so good to see it it is enjoyable you could watch it on mute and enjoy yourself just watching these archival footage of jordan coming up and becoming jordan through college and into the nba and and we're all so far removed from the jordan dominance (laughs) that to see it again you're just like Fucking shit. I forgot. What? I forgot. And and watching Jordan's dominance in the, in this archival footage is this is this the seal on him being the greatest of all time. There's there will be hundreds of disagreements out there saying, you know, LeBron's better. LeBron at no point has ever been as dominant in the NBA as Jordan was. He just never was. Never will be. It'll I mean, LeBron's amazing, but Jordan's it. And it's so fun to go back and watch all this footage and to, and then to hear voiceovers of of these people looking back on it and being like 
we didn't know what we were looking at. And the one, the, the first episode is the one that stands out the most to me. And it's his teammates from the year he was drafted who were like, yeah, this new kid's showing up and he's, you know, he's being a little cocky at practice. And then we get to practicing and we realize this is the best fucking guy on this team. And it's crazy that people could see that right off the bat, that there was so much raw talent there, so much work ethic. It is, I think, the best documentary I've ever watched. And it brings back all this nostalgia. Like, I remember Jordan playing. I remember all of this stuff. And it, it brings up all those, like, all those feels again. I'm a kid in the 90s all over again. It's fucking awesome. So if you haven't watched The Last Dance, you definitely have Netflix. If for no other reason than we recommend almost exclusively Netflix shows, you have it, watch it, commit the time. So good. I'm into it, dude. Uh, Have you watched it yet? I have not. Fuck me. I know, I know. It's a little embarrassing that I haven't, but uh, it's come up a few times between Kim and I, you know, like, ah, should we start that? I think she's not into it. Kim Uh, will like it even. I know she would. Yeah, so I've got Even if she doesn't like it, it's like, it's... It's engaging. You, you know, uh, you you suggested that LeBron's not as good as Jordan, and, and I think that's a fine take. Um, I, I don't see any problems with that. You, you know, but I think that it's the act of entering into the conversation is pretty fun. Too. Oh, it's amazing. You, you yeah, know, well, yeah. It's, it's an exciting conversation to have, uh, especially when you're doing it, n- not in an emotional level, but having the conversation at a thoughtful level and thinking about your and thinking about your arguments and uh, watching footage and, you, you know, because there's some guys that you can make arguments for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Le- LeBron certainly, uh, this is an unpopular choice, but I think Shaquille O'Neal, when you think about what he did to the league, yeah, um, you know, you think about um, s- some of the younger, some of the younger guys um, that are, that are having moments right now, Jokic and, mm-hmm. uh, and Giannis and you, you know and then some of the older guys too right you look at videos of Larry Bird doing the Larry Bird thing yeah. and or even magic I mean like, magic that's yeah. right that's right or, or even you know it, it's again super unpopular opinion but a guy like Charles Barkley yeah um you know ultimate blue collar player but then you watch him play and it's like gosh I forgot that Charles Barkley had the best behind the back fast break pass in the history of the NBA, you, you know, his Charles Barkley's behind the back fast break pass was revolutionary. Right. And it was, it was clumsy looking and not particularly graceful, but so fucking effective, you know, it worked on the guy in front of him. That's right. The, the conversations are, are really fun, are really fun. But yeah, you, you know, watching old footage of Jordan, it's like, all right. Here we go. Here's the thing, though. I think you put LeBron in his prime, Jordan in his prime, one-on-one. I think LeBron wins. I do, too. Yeah, LeBron's more physical, right? I mean, Jordan was a more sort of calculated, devastating scorer. Jordan was certainly a better defender, right? Way better. Uh, yeah. in, in terms of, of one-on-one defense, Jordan was uh, uh, lights out. But Scottie I, I mean, Pippen was far better. You, you know, Jordan was a Bruce Bowen-style huh. defender, um, and you add that to the offensive repertoire and, and that's where, you know, the metrics really sort yeah. of pop out. That's where your advanced metrics sort of give Jordan gets the, the mm-hmm. nod. Uh, but yeah, uh, fantastic conversation and, and I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I'll have to watch it. Watch it, dude. It's, it's so worth it. Next thing. And, and I think more important, this is a word of caution, a word of warning, a thing that I hated. Okay. <laughs> Don't watch the reckoning on Netflix. <laughs> What is The Reckoning? The Reckoning is a 
the most anticlimactic murder mystery, like serial killer murder mystery <laughs> show I've ever watched on Netflix. It's got the werewolf fella from uh, True Blood, a couple other actors you kind of recognize, but no, like he's the biggest name. And it's this sleepy town in California. And it's this old stereotypical detective who's been hunting the serial killer his whole career called the Russian River Killer. And uh oh, he's back. And it's so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. My wife and I would sit down on the couch and be like, well, we got to get back to it because there's seven episodes or eight episodes or however many. And we just need to get this thing fucking done. It pulls you in and you don't enjoy a single moment of it. It was uh, like we looked forward to finishing it so much. And it was so anticlimactic that last night we sat down on the couch to watch like to just hang out for an hour and watch TV. And I was like, oh, I guess we need to finish the reckoning. She's like, I think we did. No, we didn't finish it. Like, how could we be done? And I pull up on Netflix and it says season one, episode one. I'm like, oh, motherfucker, I guess we did finish it. And I had to go to the, scroll the last episode and read the little tagline for it. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. we did finish it. It's like true detective season two. It's like, did we I liked that? it. Season two? I, it was. It obviously wasn't as good as season one. They, they, they had terrible time management. I liked the story. I liked the actors. And if they had given proper respect to the amount of time they were given, that would have been a much better season. They went too slow, and then they were like, oh, God, damn, we have 75 minutes left to wrap this up. Let's go. And then they wrapped it up in an in, in episode and a half. If they'd had either five more episodes or done better time management, that would have been a terrific season. So watch watch the last dance and avoid the reckoning and don't, don't do it because you're gonna get pulled in. You're gonna have to watch it all and you're gonna be like, "That's over." <laughs> well, uh, I so I've got a Netflix show too, but this is one you should watch. Okay, this is one you should watch. Uh, there are two seasons of this out now, so mm-hmm. if you if you haven't watched the first season, start there. It's really Which good. Was another thing that you've already talked about. Yes. Yeah. So the show is the Umbrella Academy. This is based on a comic book. It's sort of in the vein of the boys, right? This is sort of an alternate. This is not like a, a multiverse style show, right? So this is these aren't superheroes that you'll know, but they're very much superheroes. It's a family of kids that get adopted. They're born on a certain day. They're born with powers. They get adopted by this eccentric uh, rich person and trained essentially to be a crime fighting force or, or a, a world saving force x-men yes yes but so and so how how is this different right it's, it's ton- very different it's very different it's tongue-in-cheek it's silly um but also gives you enough of the comic book action mm-hmm. show things you want there's it's mildly gory at times it's sometimes very funny. It's always, uh, it's always, uh, it's always good funny, right? It doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time, it's also serious and good and technically good uh, for whatever you know, whatever that means, right? Uh, it's just a joy. The first season is good. Um, it, it's it's uh, one of these shows where the seasons are going to be built, as far as I can tell, the seasons are going to be built towards a pending apocalypse and how these people sort of get together through space and time to uh, connect with one another and deal with their sibling rivalries and uh, stresses 
to save the world. The characters are so distinct and unique and fun. Um, it's just been a, it is just a joy. We just finished the second season and I was like, gosh, man, this is one of the most joyful, uh, superhero show experiences I've had in a while. Really just fun and delightful and enjoyable all the way through. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, even though you've recommended it twice now. <laughs> I look at the title all the time. I just don't think it's a Sam show. You should dig it, man. It's really funny. Let's see, yeah. Can, should... bef- bef- I mean, you can cue the music, but uh, can we talk real quick about a, an, <laughs> Everett, always... an Everett wrist check? He's always calling me out. Yeah, we can. Yeah. So I'm wearing my uh, I'm wearing my Speedmaster Pro, and I'm wearing it on a cheapest NATO strap. One of their standard NATOs. This is one of the graphic NATOs. It's the Bang Crash Pow NATO. And it's just a great combination. It's such a good combination. <laughs> such a good combination. I appreciate that. Yeah. I love it. It's it's a fun watch. I'm, uh, it's a fun combo. I've been having fun with it. So so that's all I have. All right. Well, uh, anything that you want to uh, anything that you want to uh, pitch or or pimp before we go you say that like i'm forgetting something that we talked about earlier well you're not forgetting anything i just thought you might be like selling amway or something Uh, so we got some amway up uh but we're also going to have some gavox reviews up on the website so head on over to the watchclicker.com check out our latest reviews and there's always gonna be more coming will takes great pictures ever takes good pictures i take you know poor pictures my writing is poor everett's is pretty good will's is great And thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Check us out on thewatchclicker.com. Uh, check us out on Instagram, at watchclicker, at 40 and 20. If you'd like to be a supporter of the show, we would be so, so happy to have you. Uh, Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to check us out next week for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>